Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good read. If you can hear us, give us a sign. Welcome to Ouija, the 135th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century author and medium Jane Roberts, who has the earliest publication of the phrase that I could find. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn Ode's mother. And I'm so excited about yes! this topic today. But before that, we have to start with housekeeping. So, Carr, do we have any new patrons? Three new hunters. Jaden Parker. Jojo. And Barbara Lorenz. Welcome to our new hunters. Mm-hmm. And we have one new tiger. Sinead Odinson. Carr, tell us about the other things you do. Every other Tuesday, so not this upcoming Tuesday, but the one after that, mm-hmm. I'll be doing Three Pagans on Tap with Malik Odinson and Saranth Odinson, and we talk about alcohol mm-hmm. and non-alcoholic drinks and how they relate to our gods and other sundry things. Stuff. Stuff. Yep. Alcohol's made. It's Malik goes on a rant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is it's pretty much. Yeah. It's just it's all about Malik ranting. Really. All, all I mean, I'm, I'm there to facilitate Malik's rants. <laughs> Every Sunday from two to four, there is a Zoom call that has absolutely no meaning, no real justification, just me posting links to shit people can't afford to buy. It's yeah, that is open chat. It's it's I've, an open chat where a car tempts people. <laughs> to, to, to greed. <laughs> Gwen, talk about the things you do. Uh, well, mostly I write on Patheos Pagan, but I do have an announcement to make. Yes, I was going to say, we, we need this to be out in the public. Yep. Just last week, I signed a contract with Wicca Press, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be writing a book that they're going to publish called Green Earth Witchcraft. Yep. There you go. Doesn't yeah. have a firm release date yet. But. Nope. Yes. Not a, but we're very excited about working with Wicca Press and I'm incredibly excited to get this book out. It's mm-hmm. been something that I've wanted to it's been do. been simmering for it's a been while. been simmering for several months now. All right. I think that's everything for housekeeping. Thank goodness. So, so we are housekept. Are we? And housewept. There we go. <laughs> and now we can talk about the thing we've all been very excited to talk about. Yes! The Ouija board, which is hilarious because yes. none of us have ever used one. None of us have used one. When I told Gwen this was our topic for this week, she was like, mm, okay. But then I started studying the history of the Ouija board, mm-hmm. which is incredibly fascinating. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and it is connected to the spiritualist movement, which I am very interested in. Which we have an episode about, so you yep. can go back and listen to that if you'd like some background. Exactly. But we do have to, in talking about the, the Ouija board, we'll give just a brief little Really quick overview. Please do go listen to the other yeah. episode if you want to hear like the details about oh, yeah. the Fox sisters. Yeah, no, we're not going to go into the details about it, but just a quick snapshot because you would not have the Ouija board if, if it wasn't that. didn't have spiritualism movement. Spiritualism, exactly. Yep. So I think it, was, we, it was created at exactly the right moment it in, was. That, in that history. 
It really was. Basically, mediumship, spirit communication, however you want to call it, it's been around for thousands of years. I mean, they talk about it in the Bible, mediums. But before it became popularized by the Fox sisters Mm -hmm. in New York, it had actually, it was present in Europe. They were doing- And it popped up. Yeah, it, it popped up. They were doing seances and things like that. But- it really became popular because of the Fox sisters in the late 1800s, well, mid to late 1800s, so that by early 19th century, it was a fully fledged. It movement. was a fully fledged movement that swept the nation. But over time, people became very frustrated. Because how the spiritualist movement operated with mediums and with table tapping and seances, was it it took a long time to get a message. It, it took a long time, and you had to have a specialist. Yep, you had to have a medium, a specialist working for you. So, mm-hmm. so people were getting kind of frustrated. There was this drive to make it more accessible. Exactly. And somehow, because believe it or not, the origin of the Ouija board is, in fact, murky. Well, murky. There's actually... Little murky. Little, little yeah, murky. It's a lot There's murky. a historian who's been studying it since, like, 1992. And, it's and some- his findings are like... I've discovered some things, but many mysteries remain. (laughs) Yes, exactly. What we know is that a fledgling little newspaper called the Associated Press (laughs) did a story on a group of spiritualists located in Ohio who had created a new way to do their seances using what they called a talking board. And they they don't really, they didn't give a description they of it. They did not describe it at all. And But it was supposedly made communication during seances using this talking board, made it easier and more accessible. Made it faster. Made it faster to get messages to the people who came to them for seances. Well, a young opportunistic man named Charles Kennard. An entrepreneur. An entrepreneur read that article and he thought, hey, this is a way to make some money. And that is absolutely (laughs) the sum total of his interest in it. Mr. Kennard was not a spiritualist. No, he wasn't. He wasn't a spiritualist, but he he saw a good opportunity Mm -hmm. in this idea of this talking board. Capitalism. So he partnered with a man who was a coffin maker. Yes, E.C. Reich, who was a Prussian immigrant. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a coffin maker and an undertaker. Kennard partnered with him to do a lot of the early prototyping because he wanted the boards to be made of wood. Mm -hmm. And Reich knew how to work with wood because he made coffins. Exactly. And as far as we know, the first board generally looked like what you would see now. Mm -hmm. It had the the alphabet. It had the numbers zero through nine. Mm -hmm. It had hello, goodbye, yes and no in the standard position that we are familiar with. But the, the, the thing that Kennard came up with and ultimately got patented the was the planchette. Other things that should oh, be noted. Yeah. Mr. Reich was completely cut out of this yes. whole arrangement. As soon as Kennard got some other investors on board, yep. including Elijah Bond, some other like highfalutin names. He yeah, got, there was a lawyer. Yeah, he, he uh, there was a, a patent officer. Yeah. He got a bunch of people to sign on to his business, the Kennard mm-hmm. Novelty Company, as investors. And as soon as he'd done that, he stopped working with Reich, never gave him credit, Mm-mm. never gave him money, No, nothing. In fact, the historian who put all, who has been working on this found about this information about Reich through letters from Kennard mm-hmm. and others. That's how he found out official paperwork and letters and yeah. things like that. So that's that Robert Murch, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Murch, yeah. the Robert historian Murch. who's done yeah. most, of, most the of the study since 1992. But according to Murch, 
Elijah Bond, mm-hmm. who was one of the investors. Who I think was the patent officer. He had a sister-in-law who was a strong spiritualist medium. Helen Peters. Yep. Because up until this time, they didn't actually have a name for this nope. device. They, <laughs> and they, they didn't have a marketable title they, for their new toy. Because unlike what most people believe and is popular mm-hmm. as far as a, a how the name originated... Ouija does not mean yes and no in French and German combined. (laughs) Somebody made that up out of whole cloth, apparently, because that has not where they got the name Ouija. No, they wrote down in letters how they came up with the name. Mm -hmm. They actually asked the Ouija board through Helen Peters what it should be called. That's right. And the answer was Ouija or Ouija, however Mm -hmm. you choose to spell it. The historian did say that it's possible that she got the name from uh there was a woman whose name was Wida mm-hmm. who was an artist and activist at the she, time. Yep, and she greatly Helen Peters really admired her. And was at the time that she named the Ouija board wearing a locket with her likeness and name on yes, it. Yes, that's what Helen was wearing. So they think that it was misspelling. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the answer that the board gave. And when they said what does Ouija or Ouija mm-hmm. mean, it was good luck. Well, that was the answer. And the question is, was that supposed to imply that Ouija means good luck? Or was that saying good luck with your whole business? Yeah. (laughs) That is how Ouija or Ouija, Mm -hmm. you know, became the name of this. It's usually pronounced Ouija. Yeah, Ouija. We're going to do it. Yeah. Um, But it is spelled O-U-I-J-A if you're trying to Google it. Exactly. So the Ouija board, they gave it its name. They took it to the patent office. And this is what makes me laugh. They had to prove Mm -hmm. to the patent officer that it worked. Because... To get a patent, you have to prove you have something unique. Yeah, exactly. So they took Helen to the patent office, and she answered a question. Yeah, so so ostensibly, they did not know the patent officer's name. Yep. So the demand was, if Helen, through the board... Using the board. ...could spell his name, they could have the patent. And she did it. He was terrified and gave them the patent. Yes, according to letters that and accounts by Helen and by Kennard, he turned white and his hand was shaking when he signed the, the patent form and gave them their patent number. Now, <laughs> now, the historian who studied all of this has pointed out that Elijah Bond was there. Yep. And he was a patent officer. Exactly. In the same office. So it's entirely <laughs> possible... Helen may have known the what the man's name was name, you know. through Elijah Bond. <laughs> but that's the story of, of how they got the patent. That is how they got the that patent. They convinced the patent officer that, uh, that it was a genuine, mysterious, mystical board. Exactly. Within a couple of years of starting to sell it, the first advertisements in the newspaper started to appear in 1891, the year it was patented. And it, it was, quote, Ouija, the wonderful talking board mm-hmm. a ma- and a magical device that answers questions questions about the, the past, present, and future. Bridges the known and unknown. And promised never-failing amusement and recreation for all classes. Mm-hmm. That's what the advertisement said. It was like almost like an overnight sensation. I mean, it was... Yeah, people loved it. People absolutely loved it. Because remember, at this time, spiritualism was huge. And at that time, spiritualism and Christianity were copacetic. Yeah, there was no... There was no... Real dispute between Dispute between them. It was very... They just fit together very well. A person would go to a seance on Saturday night and then church Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And nobody saw a conflict of interest in that. Mm -mm. In fact, families had Ouija boards. They played 
played with them. You can find, especially once the Ouija board became popular oh. and took off. By the 1940s. By the, well, in 1920, Norman Rockwell <laughs> did a uh, cover for the mm-hmm. Saturday Evening Post with a couple because it was considered a wonderful parlor game for couples that were courting. They were photos of, of people in the army playing with Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. The Marines actually used Ouija board in the uh, World War II. Mm-hmm. The Meteorological Society were using Ouija boards to predict mm-hmm. the weather. It yeah. was a normal was just... part of, from the time it was introduced in 1891, became a normal part of American society. It was very well accepted. It was, it was mysterious and interesting and entertaining, but it wasn't frightening, except to a very small minority of people. Now, Scubus says, if this was a movie, our capitalist would suffer a series of misfortunes leading to his death. Now, so let's talk about- Let's talk about- William Fold. Oh yeah, William Fold, who was initially an intern, I believe, yeah. for Kennard's company. But he rose quickly. He rose quickly within the ranks. He eventually became an investor in the company. It's- and eventually he essentially bought out mm-hmm. all the other investors. He did. And I believe Charles Kennard actually sold him his share of the company for a dollar. Yeah. You know, he and helped he, really catapult. He did. And and, and Fold did not so much suffer a series of misfortunes before his death no. as have a strange death. Yeah. It was a freak accident in 1927. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all that long after he had taken nope. over the company. The company was doing well. Yep. Bought another factory, actually. It, it was... So how he died was he fell off the roof. Of the new building. Of the new factory that was being renovated, that he had purchased and was renovating on the advice of the Ouija board. <laughs> yep. Now, interestingly, though, according to, again, uh, our our historian, Robert Murch, Robert mm-hmm. he never personally took credit for the creation of the board. Because he was not involved in the actual creation process. He was not involved with the creation of the He just really made it big. He, yeah, he just was good he was at... A good marketer. He was good at marketing, yeah. yeah. He, and he was good at production and getting it out to the public. And he he had told his family not to, to sell to outside of the family. They did finally, in 1967, sell it to uh, Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers. But I and did it was wanna, then later acquired by Hasbro, Hasbro who currently owns it. In the 90s. Yes, who, who currently still owns it. Currently owns Ouija. But I did want to jump back and say another one of the reasons why the Ouija board was so popular when it was introduced in 1891 is because of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So many men. A lot so, of people dying. So many people dying. And also the life expectancy at the time was like 50. 50. Yeah. Tops. So, and you had mothers who had like 12 children and six of them would die, you know, very young. Yeah, because infant mortality was yeah. really high. Or deaths in childbirth, childbirth. Were, were really common. Exactly. So Ouija boards were used as a way to communicate with family members. Mm-hmm. So that's why it became really commonplace for a family to have a Ouija board so that they could communicate with their loved ones. That's part of the reason. There was sort of a, a mixed distribution, I guess, of, of mm-hmm. Ouija boards used. There were definitely people who were using it as a genuine mm-hmm. spiritual tool to, to connect with their dead. And, and then a, there were people who were just like, this is a fun game. game. And and I think where you see that 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 disparity, they also said it was actually reasonably priced. In 1891, you, you, could, cheap. you could get it for $1.50. Yeah, it was 
It was very reasonable. And when you realize that the original board was made of wood, it wasn't like the Parker Brothers. They eventually moved. Game. Yeah, they eventually moved into making them out of cardboard. But yeah, original the original like antique Ouija boards were a dollar fifty at the time of purchase, and they were made of like legit materials. Mm -hmm. It was a way for people to connect who couldn't necessarily afford. To, to go, go see a medium, see yeah. a medium or, that could be pricey. or to one of these large presentations mm -hmm. where you weren't guaranteed an audience with the medium. Yeah. So the Ouija board made a connection more possible for everyone involved. <laughs> Join our tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of wonderful body coat. These silks and scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses. With fragrant scents and sparkling mica, you can find rollerball fragrances and hair oil with dozens of options available. You're sure to find something you like at Wonderful Body Co.'s collection. This week, Ode is recommending Height of Normality, inspired by the number 42. No, by the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, with notes of bergamot, lemon, cucumber water, violet, Jasmine, cashmere, musk, and sap. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Wonderful Body Co. And remember to use the discount code 3PAC30, that's the number 3, P-A-A-C-3-0, for 30% off of your purchase. And they have wonderful stuff. They really do. I just got Hecate oil mm -hmm. and Dictinus oil. Which we're which we're wearing, wearing. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just so many wonderful things that they offer. Yeah, so, absolutely. Very good products. Mm -hmm. We like them. It's funny. It's for, you know, the board was made to connect with people, right? Mm -hmm. In particular, people who are dead. Right. But William and his brother Isaac mm -hmm. yeah. actually ended up fighting for not just their generation, mm -hmm. but their generation, the next generation, and part of their grandchildren's generation. It was 98 years, I think. Yeah. Uh, before they, 1997, I think, when they finally reconciled, reconciled the feud. And it was and through it was, merch. Yeah, yeah, it was through yeah, Robert the Merch. Robert yeah, the yeah. And it was all about money. Yeah. It was. Yep. And uh, his brother Isaac actually left and started another company. A rival company. And uh, came out with an Oriole talking board. Mm -hmm. Didn't didn't sell. Didn't sell really well. But there were two lawsuits because of it. Mm -hmm. One William suing Isaac. One Isaac suing William. Basically, the judge said, neither of you all have a suit. Go away. <laughs> yeah. um, contentious relationship. But I'm so glad you brought up Isaac because I wanted to share a brief story that his wife shared to Merch after they contacted the two right, after the, sides, the two sides of the family were reunited right. and are still reunited today she said that she found out that her her husband who was the grandson i guess of isaac they went on like a golfing weekend to the poconos or something mm -hmm. And there was a convention or a, a gathering of priests at the hotel. Golfing, like you. Golfing, you know, whatever. And as priests do. As priests do, right? I don't know. Her husband wanted to go in and ask them a question about some stuff. And so he introduced them as their family were the ones that created the Ouija board. Which is not true. But. And he himself was not a spiritualist. I think right. he had some questions pertaining to his connection to the Ouija board. Mm. She said as soon as they found out who their family was and what their family that they had, had a connection. That they had a connection to the Ouija board, they all crossed themselves and then they were super excited and started having this conversation and asking him questions and back and forth. But apparently did continue to cross themselves. Yes, every time they saw any time of the priest saw 
either her or her husband or them together, they would cross themselves every time they ran across them in the hotel. <laughs> I think that is hysterical. It's <laughs> a very amusing story. It's so funny. So some interesting things. One, you can buy an 1890s version of the Ouija board mm -hmm. from Canard Novelty on eBay for $525. I want yeah, one. On eBay. <laughs> Shit, just for the, the historicity Went from of being it. a buck fifty. <laughs> Right? right. Vince says sold. I mean, um, that's an antique. And if, it is, yeah. If you all want to do a bunch of research after we're done with this episode, mm -hmm. you can go to tbhs.org. That's the Talking Board Historical Society, started by one Robert Murch. Mm -hmm. um, because he obviously loves mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. not just Ouija boards, but, but all talking yeah, boards. Well, and he's subject. Kind of, he is the authority, basically. Yeah. 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 He really is. Yeah. Before um, he, honestly, before he started looking into this, no one had done no any research. Yeah. yeah. They also have a Facebook page nice. as well. So cool. I'm going to be liking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is a good way to segue into what happened because up until a Right. How did the Ouija time, board go from being. So accepted it was a practically every household. Throughout the 19th century, coming into the 20th century, all of a sudden it's not Tara. so well accepted. Because it did have a little bit of pushback from a small segment, but other, but it was really pretty much a part of the American fabric experience. and the American experience. Like I said, all you have to do is look up some of these pictures mm -hmm. to see just how normal it was for people to have one of these things. But... In 1973, mm -hmm. a, a particular film, a particular out. film called *The Exorcist*, came out, wherein a child is seen using a Ouija board, and that was the gateway through which she is demon possessed. Mm -hmm. And from that time forward, and it scared the pee out of everyone in America, including my sister, because my mom took her to see it. It changed the perception of the Ouija board almost overnight. 100% of modern anxieties about the Ouija board Come can from be the traced exorcist. back to the exorcist. Can be traced back to the exorcist. And the and the entertainment community saw, ooh, scary stuff. So they started Ouija putting it board. in other stuff. And so you started seeing it in books and in movies and in yep. TV. And then all of a sudden you started hearing like the Catholics and the Protestants and all the, you know, they started saying, oh, it's a gateway to the devil. Straight to hell. Straight to hell if you use it, you know. Full of demons. They started using the scriptures about, you know, not consulting mediums and things like that. According to Robert Murch, it can literally be traced to the exact year that The Exorcist first came out in It theaters. was on, Ouija boards were on TV before then. Yeah. Yes, but because as, it was on Dennis the Menace. Exactly. With Dennis De and one of his friends playing with it. And it, it was on I Love Lucy, and it was just like, Goofy it was a game. Right, yeah, it yep. was a parlor game. It was it was a it was normal until the exorcist made it and, a gateway and, to the it made it Satan's tool. And they just flipped the switch. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly everyone was terrified of the Ouija board. Yep. So then it went from being this kind of interesting, mysterious thing to this spooky sinister, yeah. sinister thing. To the point where you're daring each other. To the point where even today, when Robert Murch first tried to present his his findings, uh, his findings and his information at a paranormal convention, they told him to leave his Ouija boards at home. Uh -huh. They were too scared to have him display his Ouija boards. They were too scared to even have them in the building. So you get that reaction today. You get it in the pagan community. You get it in the paranormal community. I have said for years. <laughs> 
to Gwyn, who disagreed with me for a long time, mm -hmm. that a Ouija board is exactly the same as any other divination tool. It's like a pendulum. Exactly. It's like dowsing rod. It works by the same kind of the methods. The same principle. All you have to do is the same stuff you do in any other divination. Exactly. Set your boundaries and your intentions and go into it without fear and you'll be fine. I think and remember that. to say goodbye. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and like, that's the stuff you do with every Everything. kind of divination. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, I think it is profoundly evident mm -hmm. of the hold that Christianity can have on a person yeah. for even, a long period Even of in time. unconscious ways. Mm -hmm. Even in unconscious ways. And so from 1973, and we had the book and I did read it. I, I, <laughs> I snuck it out of my mom's bookcase and I read that book at the age of 10. All I knew about a Ouija board from the time I was... Spooky. 10 was that it was spooky it was scary and it was connected to the devil and if you used one you would get possessed mm -hmm. that's what people believed and that's so hard to overcome yeah and it's still within the fabric of america today i mean what about those movies the ouija movies they're still making those yeah they're still making those yellow kiwi says now that a lot of this energy of fear and demons has gone into the ouija board would it have taken it on and I don't think so. Any more than tarot cards, which have gotten a lot of the same treatment, mm -hmm. uh, or pendulums, or any of, a, any of our other divination tools. Mm -hmm. They use the Baphomet as a symbol of, of, like, absolute evil in a lot of horror films. Most people who aren't familiar with Baphomet and see one assume it's a symbol of evil. That's, that doesn't change Baphomet's nature, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And I think we talked about it before we started the podcast, too, is, like, if you go into an experience, I think that's what Rhiannon is saying, too. Mm -hmm. If you go into the experience of using anything, like a pendulum or a Ouija board, where you are intending to communicate with another spirit... Mm -hmm. If you go into it with the... You bring your intentions yeah, with you. Yeah, you bring your intentions with you. So if you're expecting it to be a scary... A bad experience. unnerving or bad experience, even if it's just in the background of your mind, mm -hmm. the thought that, ooh, this could be really dangerous, this could be scary. Then even if you're not you've conscious done is, about is you've it. you've sort of created holes in your own defenses. Yeah, exactly. After reading this, I'm, I've been wanting to maybe get a spirit board for a while, but now I'm like, ooh, this sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really don't think it's... at. Like, I think as a divination tool, it's about the same as a pendulum. Yeah, exactly. I use my pendulums to speak to a variety of spirits, mm -hmm. to my to my own spirit guides, mm -hmm. to, uh, I you used can, it on ghost hunts to you, speak to spirits in the area. One, and you even have a pendulum board that I has do. letters and numbers. And, yeah, and I speak to the pendulum itself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a similar similar situation with a Ouija board. You're, I mean, when you use a pendulum and a pendulum board, you're basically using a spirit board just with a pendulum instead of a planchette. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do like what Scuba said. Christianity is such an ingrained part of Western culture. Even people who grew up non-religious have ties to it, often without realizing yeah. it. That's that Christian overculture, which is why I believe that since 1973, the Ouija board has been connected to satanism mm -hmm. the devil being possessed right you know it, it's been connected to all these evil things and they keep reinforcing this message here's something though i'd like to suggest uh -oh. we, <laughs> the same thing happened to dungeons and dragons and we don't think dungeons and dragons was actually possessed by demons the concept of like well it's been associated with demons and bad experiences for so long would it have absorbed that essence well dungeons mm. and dragons clearly didn't so what's the difference 
What do you think, Carr? Because you you've played Dungeons and Dragons and you remember. I the, still play. Yes, Dungeons and yeah, Dragons. you still do, and you remember that. I play that other games. Concerted effort. Less numbers. Oh by yeah. The the what yeah, was the, it, the satanic moral majority panic. and the satanic panic. Yep. Yeah, and it, I mean, I did stop playing it for a long time. Part of that was just no friends who were interested in it. And now, you know, at the brewery, we have every other Tuesday night, we have a Viking-based D&D game that was written specifically for us. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know that I ever really did. Yeah, I just kind of quit messing with it, mostly because I went from being around a bunch of kids at public school mm-hmm. to being around a bunch of kids at a Christian school. It was not permitted. Yeah. Right. And for a while I was a jock and that, you know, jocks don't play D&D. Yeah, as Scuba <laughs> said, instead of thinking it as a tool of the devil, people now just believe in it as a tool of the nerds. But but I will say that that has changed in recent years yeah, because become... of people like The Rock and Vin mm. Diesel, who don't get along with each other, but, but both are, play D&D. But both play D&D and don't look nerdy. No. They are. Oh, my God. They're, they're very true. nerdy. They're the... The nerd jock hybrid. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. They are. So. It's a beautiful thing to see. <laughs> we have all these like actual play podcasts yep. that are really, really popular. So yeah, D&D is on the rise. But yeah, I think that's like a, I think there's a similar thing mm-hmm. there where like, just because Christianity decided D&D was evil doesn't mean it is. Just because yep. Christians decided that, that the Ouija board specifically and divination techniques in general were evil doesn't mean it is. Part of the thing that kind of sullied the reputation of the Ouija board from what it had been in the 19th century to what it became in the 20th and now into the 21st mm-hmm. century. The fact that there's all these anecdotal stories. Like yeah. there are books devoted to frightening to people's spooky to Ouija people's stories. People's spooky Ouija stories. And it's kind of like the black eyed kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to know what is true and what is uh, folklore. Folklore. What has become an urban legend about the Ouija board. No, seriously, go listen to first listen to our, our episode on spiritualism. And listen to our episode and then on urban legends. On urban legends and then think about the connection because there there is a connection there that between anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. and urban legend. And I think there's a lot more urban legend surrounding the Ouija board than we realize. Crystal said, Oh my god, using Ouija and the black eyed kids show up immediately burns house down. <laughs> 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 now, now, Chris Calibri had an interesting comment. Maybe there's an element of fear against the unknown, games of chance. My mm-hmm. grandmother used to say dice and card games were evil, that the devil could influence people through them. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, my guess would be that that's kind of an extension of Puritan no-fun laws. Yeah. That's forbidden Pretty because much. you might have a good time and I you're not allowed to. Yeah, we weren't allowed to do a lot of things, but... That was Southern Baptist, not Puritan. So, But in the Southern Baptist Church, we weren't allowed to play with dice. We weren't mm-hmm. allowed to play with cards. We weren't allowed to dance. The reason why, according to all the research I've done, is that most of those things happened in saloons, mm-hmm. were, which were also houses of ill repute. Where you'd have sex. Where you'd have sex, exactly. So it all came down to this very puritanical, I don't know that playing cards was bad necessarily. Right, on its it's just that playing cards led to sex. Would lead you to a place right. where sex and, happened. And, and drinking led you to sex. And playing dice led you to sex. Mm-hmm. It's because they all led you to a place where sex was going to happen. They just had this like, chain yeah. of yep. logic. Oh, yes, we got trouble. Right here. <laughs> <in Tennessee. laughs> yes. The capital T that rhymes with P that stands for pool. <laughs> Um, so yes. Thank you, Robert Preston. Yes. If you play pool, you will have sex. It's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs>
Our Tiger R. Darren is offering intuitive readings and divination with over a decade of experience in working with spirit, tarot, ruins, and tea leaves. Make an appointment for a reading with R. Darren on Facebook at R. Darren Auguries or find them on Instagram at Instagram.com R. Darren Auguries. It's A-R-D-E-R-I-N A-U-G-U-R I E S R Darren Auguries. I like the little sassy vibe going on. That's smelling. So, because yeah. I was bouncing back uh -huh. and forth, yeah. shoulder to shoulder. Kind of doing a little, yeah. little shimmy shake. A little shimmy shake to go with it. Yep. <laughs> shimmy shake with you. And only one person who is currently watching us on Get Vocal uh -huh. got to see that. You're welcome, Al. <laughs> Justin says you win the spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I, I, I want to talk about with this, and is another thing that I think relates it to the pendulum in particular, uh -huh. um, is that science has studied why Ouija board do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Basically. Why and what? Why, why Ouija board do, how Ouija board do. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so, what Ouija board do. Obviously, for a long time, the general consensus of the scientific community was, it don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. It of, don't do. There, there was a lot, it and there still don't. remains. There was, and still remains, a lot of skepticism and you know claims yeah. of pseudoscience and all this kind of fun stuff. Except there's one doctor yes, who's been studying scientist the phenomenon with uh, various tests, volunteers, mm -hmm. but they can't get anyone to fund them. <laughs> That's right. He believes that how the Ouija board works is through something called the idiomotor effect, which is Basically, in really simple terms, when your body has a reaction you're not controlling to some kind of stimuli. Broadly speaking, it applies to like when you cry at a sad movie and any kind of automatic reaction your body, when you flinch because mm -hmm. you touch something hot, any kind of automatic reaction that your body has to some kind of stimulus. Yeah. It's an unconscious reaction that you're not in control of that your body just sort of does without your consent. Mm -hmm. So he believes that how the Ouija board works is through a kind of idiomotor effect. And there's a lot of other scientists who mm -hmm. have confirmed that they believe that as well. Exactly. Pendulum. So Exactly. So so how it works is you put your hands on the planchette and you don't believe you're moving the planchette, mm -mm. Um, especially, and they've discovered this works better if you believe someone else is touching the planchette with you, even if they actually aren't. They've tested this with robots. With robots, with blindfolded participants. As, as long as you believe you're not in control of the planchette, you will actually be more accurate with the planchette than you would be guessing. By 15%. Yeah. The experiment they did was they have a participant who uh, believes that another participant is helping them move the planchette, but in reality, they're the only one in control of the planchette. And first, they're asked questions verbally mm -hmm. that they don't know the answers to, yes or no question. And they're just supposed to guess yes or no. And they have what's the expected results of guessing the answers to questions, which is about 50-50. Yep. That's typical. They've done other studies on that, and these results bear that out. Yep. Then they use the Ouija board to different questions that they don't know the answers to with the same yes or no answers. They were 65% accurate with the Ouija board instead of the more typical and expected 50% accurate 
-hmm. with just not knowing the answer to a question. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to clarify for Yellow Kiwi who said, robot, hey Siri, what does my great granny want me to know? The robot in question that was used by this particular scientist. But in this experiment. In this experiment was hidden from the participant. Yeah, so so what they were told was that the robot was mimicking the movements mm -hmm. of the on the planchette of a, of a participant oh. in another room. Right. But there was no other participant and the robot was actually having no effect on the planchette. Right. It was just it was just there. It was just there. And it was only responding to the participants' mm -hmm. movements. But it was it just was, matching the participants' right. movements. Right. And it was sensitive enough that it matched. It could, exactly. And it, could, of, and it could provide a slight resistance yeah. but it so that the person was aware something else was touching the planchette, yep. but did not affect the their movement the, exactly. of the planchette. And then in another experiment, a follow-up one, because the robot couldn't be used again. They had another participant with the blindfolded participant. Mm -hmm. They had a confederate, which is somebody who's in on the experiment, both touching the planchette. And then the person who was not blindfolded quietly without telling the blindfolded participant took their hands off the planchette and did not interact with it at all mm -hmm. while the person with the planchette was answering questions. Mm -hmm. So they found that when people believed someone else was affecting the results, they were 15% more accurate yep. than when they were just answering on their own. Which is fascinating. And the theory is that unconsciously you know a lot more information than you are consciously aware that you know. And because of this study and other and for other reasons I believe psychologists believe mm -hmm. that a Ouija board can be used to help in therapy with mm -hmm. people who need to get in touch with something in their past or to reveal something to themselves that they know that, that they they're know not consciously aware of, yeah. but that they need to bring to the surface and that a Ouija board could actually assist them in reaching that inner information to help them with whatever issue they need to to heal. There's been and, some speculation that they might be able, uh, if they can get enough funding to keep doing research, yeah. uh, that they might be able to use Ouija boards to predict Alzheimer's mm -hmm. before it's it's presenting actual symptoms. Yeah, the theory is that the patient actually has a perception, an unconscious perception, that they are losing information mm -hmm. and that the Ouija board could actually help them to become aware of this. Mm -hmm. So they think it could be useful even in that kind of like real early testing kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. But Obviously, nobody wants to touch this research. No, nobody wants to touch this research because since 1973, thank you, Exorcist, mm -hmm. got this, it's a pariah. It's got this bad reputation. It's got this yeah. bad reputation. There's no telling what they could do uh, for brain research. And Crystal says, hmm, using a spirit board for shadow work. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that could be a very useful application for and it. And maybe if we stop calling it a Ouija board and go back to calling it a spirit board or, or a talking, talking board. board. Yeah. Because that's what the spiritualists originally called and, it, was a talking board. And technically speaking, only a Hasbro, Parker Brothers, or Canard novelty spirit board would actually be a Ouija board anyway, because it is a licensed name. And you stop that, Yellow Kiwi. I see those words. <laughs> Calling it a demon board. It's not a demon, board. Not a demon board. You probably could contact a demon. <laughs> Unless you're wanting the same, to, maybe. The same way you could contact a demon with a pendulum or tarot card. Just make sure you have your proper... Depending on the demon, that might even be fine. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole book of them in the, the yeah. Lesser Key of Solomon. Ars Goetia. You have plenty of demons yeah. to choose from. Not exactly. all of them are assholes. And I have a friend who works with them, so... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, don't, don't write off all demons. <laughs> 
obviously psychologists don't think there's a mystical element to it at all. No, no, no. They're just like, ooh, tapping into the unconscious. And neither does this scientist. No, yeah. He believes it's purely a brain and uh, And, and ideomotor ideomotor function that you are just tapping into your own unconscious knowledge knowledge or things that you're picking up around you that you're just not consciously aware of. Mm -hmm. I do think is sort of the underlying principle of how this Mm-hmm. And several other forms of divination, including pendulums, mm-hmm. works. Pendulum and spirit board are dowsing rods. a dowsing rod. They're as much interpretive as tarot cards are. Mm-hmm. You're just interpreting different stuff. And I also want to point out that I do not believe, because I think this science is interesting and, and bears out in reality, I don't think that that takes away from the spiritual aspect of connecting, whether you're connecting with your own spirit, your higher self, your another memories, spirit, another spirit, an ancestor, whatever. Ghost, demon, God, anybody. Yeah, I don't think that takes away. I think it is, it's an explanation of how these deities, these beings, right. this, uh, these the spirits, physical effects they're using. Yeah, they, this is the physical effect that they're using to make the process happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take, I guess what I'm trying to say is doesn't take the mystic out of it. Right. I think there's this feeling sometimes, certainly in the scientific community and, and sometimes in the spiritual community, that science and spirituality have to be separated mm-hmm. that if science proves that something happens because of x then it can't be a spiritual thing anymore that would be a result of the enlightenment mm-hmm. and it's one <laughs> it's absolutely untrue science can unveil the mechanics of how the things work mm-hmm. and spirituality can still be explaining why it happens exactly it can still be part of that process i like i see no conflict There's not between a conflict. these no i i don't think that they have to be mutually exclusive and i i think we actually diminish our experience when we do try to separate them mm-hmm. i think we can actually enrich our experience it's like listening to music i have a i have a degree in music right and I, I have run across people who say, well, if you know how the music is produced, that takes away the beauty, the grandeur, the, you know, and actually what it does for me anyway, is it enhances the beauty, the grandeur, the emotion of music, whether it's a classical piece or, you know, a rock opera. Knowing the effort a violinist has to go to, yeah. to create the sounds a violin makes. The training. Like a, like a violin is an extremely difficult, mm-hmm. complicated instrument, hard to play well. Violin music is beautiful, mm-hmm. but the human effort that went into engineering that music so that we could hear it is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And when I, I, I love to listen to a piece of music, it could be a popular song, it can be an orchestral song, and pick out the different parts and how mm. it all fits together. And that doesn't diminish the experience for me. If anything, it enhances the experience for me. Scubus, spirituality and science coexisted for most of human history. Don't see why I got to choose between them now. Mm-hmm. You know. And Melkor says things aren't any less impressive just because you can see the moving parts. Exactly. That's, I think, one of the things that frustrates the most about, you see this a lot with atheists especially, who insist that because there's a scientific explanation for something, like, you you don't need or shouldn't value the spiritual explanation for it. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. No. You can appreciate both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I found a couple of things. Okay. You have to go to the German Amazon to buy this. Okay. But you can get this. It's the movie Witchboard, which came out in 1986 and starred Tawny Katane. I remember that movie! Right? <laughs> <laughs> And a Ouija board with planchette, wood, uh-huh. in an all-wood box, in a limited edition of 666 of them. How um, much does that cost? 
Uh, it's uh, 121 euro. That's not terrible. That's not yeah, bad. Yep, yep. That's not bad. That's actually less than the antique one. Right. Yes. Yep. So I thought that was kind of cool mm-hmm. that you can get that. Also, just on the regular Amazon, if you look up regular, you know, the United States version, the real one. Your default for, Amazon. Right. That Hasbro has released a Stranger Things yes. Ouija board. Oh! That the letters are all being held by the lights. The lights. Oh, my God. From, from Stranger Things. Yeah. And as you move the planchette over it, the planchette is lit, so it makes the lights pop. Yeah. Anyway. Plenty of Ouija boards available. Yes. So Rabbit says there's a Dungeons and Dragons Ouija board. Oh my god! Oh. Like the there's a Ouija board for everything. Perfect. Fuck the Satanic Panic purchase. There's a glow in the dark Ouija board. There's a pink Ouija board. There's there's a Ouija board literally for everything. It's like Monopoly. I kind of want the glow in the dark one so we can play it in the dark. <laughs> I want that. One. And the funny thing is, now that I've done all this, I've never honestly, even after I got over my Christian trauma. Mm-hmm. Of being and, and exorcist trauma, mm-hmm. of being afraid of the Ouija board. I never was just really very interested. I'm like, I've got my pendulum, mm-hmm. I've got a pendulum board, I don't see the point. Uh, but now, after doing all this yeah. research on the history, which I had no idea it was quite so, so there's interesting. A, so yeah. interesting. And so there's a story. So much story. And there's the, an air of mystery to it because they really don't know who came up with the idea or how it all kind of coalesced. Right. How much How much influence did E.C. Wright have on it? How much influence did he? Did they, was there any other information that they might have gotten from the spiritualists mm-hmm. in the Ohio camp? Because it wasn't listed in the article. So somebody just got creative. Now I, I've been wanting a spirit board for a while. Just thinking about maybe even just to have one as a piece, an art piece. Yeah, to have. yeah some of them are definitely art pieces. Some of them, some of the ones if you go, that are wood. If you so go beautiful. to, when they have them again, some of the pagan conventions, you mm. will probably find someone's like specialty handmade spirit board. Oh my God. Seriously though, y'all, you need to do some Googling of the pictures. Yes. From the history. From the, tw- you know. There are if so you go to that website I told you. Yeah. About, yeah. Then there's, you will be able to see all of those pictures. There's some amazing pictures from the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, mm-hmm. the 50s. On the Newhart show mm-hmm. where a Ouija board was there. All right. So if you want to find out more about us, you can uh, Google us. Mm-hmm. It's the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. Three pack. Yeah. And we will appear many, many places. Many, many pages deep into the Google results there. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And come visit me at uh, Patheos Pagan at the Three Pagans and a Cat blog. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not really done much with like the YouTube channel or anything like that, but but it exists. But it exists. And then, of course, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with the Green Earth Witchcraft book. Yep. All right. That's it. <laughs>